Okay. Happy Sunday. Jonathan, it was nice to meet you. Thanks for coming over. Thank you for having me. It's oh, good to course. meet you, Joe. Of course. I do not remember when we... You and I have been talking for a couple of weeks at least, mm. probably even longer because I kind of messed up when you and I were talking. Um, it kind of happens sometimes. There's always like a lot of, uh, like right now I have about nine or ten scheduled and like three I haven't released. There's just the, the logistics of this is the easy part. <laughs> you know, you and okay. I just sit here talking. Yeah. This is the easy fun part, but it's it's weaning through every you know, all the messages and mainly just yes. the schedule. So I think actually you slipped through the cracks, which is funny because that's exactly what it says on your website. Yes. Helping people that slip through the cracks. And you did, so I apologize for no, that. No, no, thank you, f- you for having me. Oh, no, it's cool. You followed back up, and I was like, oh, my God. Yes. I forgot to message you back. So I, uh, I appreciate you taking the time on a Sunday. Thank you for having me. Oh, no, of course. What is your last name again? Uh, Gray. Jonathan Gray. Yeah. Okay, awesome. Yeah. Well, so you, uh, yeah, you reached out to me. It was at least a couple weeks ago. I even venture to say maybe two months. I hate saying months because that means it took so long. But no. I'm glad I got you in because you are, uh, well, actually, so you're affiliated with Trials for Hope. I'm the founder and the CEO. Great. Founder and CEO. So yeah. I guess first off, but so we all know what we're talking about during this time. Yeah. Explain to us what Trials for Hope is. So Trials for Hope is a dream that started with a donation. Um, in 2010, I had a donation of hotel trial-sized toiletries. And when you're on a fixed income or you're on SSI or SSDI, um, things like hygiene are not covered by food stamps. And so it was a very big deal to be able to get this donation and to be able to share it with people. So I shared it with food pantries. I shared it with different treatment centers, um, places where... Little things mean a lot if you're on a fixed income. Sure. And so when I took it to Community Meal, the reaction was huge. Um, People, instead of feeling humiliated, felt humbled because they saved money. So um, it was kind of a spiritual thing. Um, I was volunteering at a community center and I had the donation and with other people helping me, since I don't drive, we just kind of followed yeah and it developed into something much more than i planned well hey that's a good thing right it's a huge thing <laughs> i did not know that uh food stamps don't cover toiletries they don't cover like household items like paper towels or shampoo or toothpaste or household cleaner they don't cover hand sanitizer they only cover food it's just food food just and drink just literally it. food see i did not i didn't know that i bet yeah. you i bet you a lot of people don't know that there's a lot of people that don't and so um it was important that um when you're able to save money to go for bills then it's also nice to have extra money for coffee that's oh, yeah. one of my favorite food groups hey so, a lot of people <laughs> yeah but um unfortunately a lot of people that are on fixed incomes don't have luxuries so my hope was to save some money for people yeah and that's you know it's you mentioned like uh I think a lot of people don't. Let's stick with coffee. That's a really yes. good example, because coffee. I don't think people really actually. People say, "Oh, I just I need to, I need some coffee. I need to have my coffee." Yes, it is a luxury, but it's one that I think a lot of us kind of take for granted, and you yes. don't really think about what it's like. Like grab somebody like uh, like anyone, just normal kind of work in their jobs. Sure, and be like, sure. hey, you drink coffee every day? Yes, not anymore. Their first reaction is going to be like, "Well, I got to have my coffee." Like, right. no, 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 I'm putting you in a space where. You're 
where your your living arrangement where you actually mm. have to get rid of things like that that a lot of us take for granted. So I mean, a you three dollar or two dollar cup of coffee, yeah, that's fifteen dollars a week or twenty dollars a week, eighty dollars a month, what nine hundred hours that adds up. It does. People, people who need that extra help think of things that way, and a lot of us do not. So stamps might be able to buy coffee at a grocery store, um, but stamps you cannot go to a gas station and. And you use your food stamps for certain things. Okay. Um, n- not coffee-oriented, but like toilet paper. Yeah. Things that are basic needs, toothbrushes, uh, aspirins. Like if you have kids or if whatever. Um, there's just there's so many luxuries that people don't understand that when you're making less than poverty then your choices are very limited. And no one says, when I grow up, I want to live on food stamps. No one says, when I grow up, I want to live on disability. But the problem is, is sometimes, depending on your situation, you have to stay on disability because you get great insurance. So you make less than poverty of an income, but you're insured for your medical needs. And the Affordable Care Act isn't always affordable, if you don't have the income. So the goal was to be able to help promote dignity and help promote respect for people and help save some money. Um, I didn't know the extent that one out of every six people in Northeast Ohio don't have enough food. I had no idea. Um, So we started with hygiene, but more programs kept building and falling into place. And usually when things synchronize, you follow. Yeah, It just happens when things keep coming to you and keep coming to you, they're coming to you for a reason. So when people would donate canned goods or they would donate like sheets or they donate whatever, um, it's really, really important to just keep following. So that's what happened. Um, we ended up doing a pantry out of the apartment with me and my dad and serving people that just didn't have enough. Um, It's tough to do that, though, when you're living in an apartment building and um, the space is very limited. Um, The first few years were out of my pocket, and uh, being on SSD myself, um, it gave me a unique opportunity to know where people are because I've been there and to also know what it's like not to have to worry. Yeah, you know, and it's uh, before we started recording, we were talking about David from Hood Squad yes. 216. He has a very similar, because you just mentioned it right there, kind mm. of being in that situation, you know, personally in your mm-hmm. life at some point, you kind of already know the, not necessarily the ins and outs, but kind of the way that somebody who, you know, needs additional assistance thinks. And yes. you probably are more equipped to understand and probably even understand better what they need than someone who's maybe not that yeah. that cares just as much and does want to help but doesn't necessarily understand that again i think the like I, myself you know yeah. fortunately i i haven't been in that you know scenario with me mm. or my family i don't i thought like food stamps was if it's in the grocery store you can use the food stamps for it. i didn't know that like yeah about I mean, toiletries and aspirin i didn't know that yeah I don't no think most people know that no, or like Orgel, or if you have yeah. a toothache. I think the unique, the unique opportunity was living it. Yeah. So because I've lived different lifestyles, such as being on food stamps, um, 
it gave me an opportunity not just to empathize, but to understand. Yeah. Well, so, I think that's great. Thank and I you. Think thank the you. people that you're helping, I think, can kind of see also, because you, you're in a way, for lack of a better term, you're speaking their language. Like, you're like, I, yeah. I know what you're going through. No, Because I've literally. gone through it. Let me help you. Yeah. Yes. So when I moved in with my dad, I didn't have to so much worry about it. Um, but you don't forget your lessons. No. And so the hygiene, the food, the sheets, all the things started falling into place. And, um, and I followed. Uh, I spiritually felt like finally there was something that there was a purpose. There was a purpose why I went through all that I did. And there was a way to give back unconditionally um, when you grow up with depression and anxiety and other challenges, sometimes it's hard to know that there's still a purpose for yourself. Mm-hmm. And um, so it, it was humongous to be able to actually give back unconditionally and feel better about myself. And that's where I learned the secret is to give because you get back tenfold. Um, so in 20... Gosh, 2013, we were under someone else's 501c3. And in 2015, we got our own 501c3, which makes us nonprofit. So that way we can give tax write-offs. We can, people can donate money and I can say, I can give you a write-off for your donation. And that then is not in my pocket, it's out of other people's pocket. And that helps us grow. Um, we joined the food bank, and our program exploded. Um, the food bank has helped us be able to take care of other needs, not just a couple of canned goods here and there. Um, it's been tremendous. So we just followed. Um, there were a lot of people helping me throughout the entire time. I had a guy that drove a cab at the beginning, and I had another friend, and different people kept coming into our paths to help. And um, it's, it just, it grew. Um, it was pretty awesome. Uh, 2015, um, actually it was 2014, I got introduced to Unsheltered, which is basically homeless. Um, people that are living outside. Uh, when St. Paul's became my 501c3, um, 2013, 2014, um, I, uh, I didn't know anything about that lifestyle. I knew what it was like to couch surf. Um, I knew what it was like to live on a credit card, but I didn't understand what it was like to just be on the street. Mm. And um, I met a lady who introduced me to unsheltered camps where people live outside in camps. And... Um, and the first time I went out to meet her, and I instantly fell in love with her because she was awesome. Uh, this lady gave from her heart. She was doing something unconditional, and it wasn't about the money. It was about the service. Um, she introduced me to unsheltered camps, and the first time I went out, I cried. Um, I think that... There's a way that we can use our sorrow to motivate us, which introduced us to a new type of outreach, which was going to the camps. 
Um, I had volunteered at a hospice, and a friend of mine died of brain cancer, and we were able to use some of what they had left over to go for the facility where he died. So each each situation that happened, there was an opportunity to make it good. And so with the unsheltered camps, um, I followed. And so we still do that now. So you said you were talking about being under like another uh, uh, 501c yeah. umbrella, so to speak, back yes. in 2013. Uh, yeah, 2013, so you're, 2014. I mean, you're, I mean, you're 10 years old. Yeah, we started in 2010. Oh, more than 10. Okay. Yeah, so we got our own nonprofit in 2015, and we still have our own nonprofit, 501c3, which, again, gives us the ability yeah. for donors, um, especially if anyone's listening, yes. um, to be able to be like, uh, you know, it, when you support us, we can support you. You know, the... um. Uh, David and I, uh, from again from two uh, hood squad two, I only bring him up because there is some similarities between what you two do, and I know you guys know each other. But yeah, he and I spoke after he was a guest on here, and we were kind of talking about the the becoming nonprofit or the 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 not really the legality, but kind of the the the, the hoops you kind of have to jump through to get quote unquote verified. Yeah, I was helping him. Yeah, yeah, and he's like, he's like, it's not, it's not an easy process no you know, it's it's just it's lengthy there's paperwork and there are again kind of hoops to jump through to do yes. that yes you know, yes, it's, yes. It's, it's a no. lot which is i guess i can argue both sides and i wanted to kind of hear your opinion on it because i i understand that there are people that will kind of take advantage of like a grant or something they could get from but i also i feel like there there has to be a smoother or faster process for like for you and Dan, like a like legit organizations that are actually trying to help and need that assistance to kind of you know give them more of a push you know the 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 state money or, or government money Cincinnati yeah. whatever you want to call it that can actually help out with that so I can argue both sides but I mean what do you, what do you think about that I think when when you get a grant or when we get a grant um, we can't really misappropriate it because we have to be accountable for all of it sure um, I can't be like okay. Now I'm going to go downtown and do some real shopping. I can't be like, you know, I haven't been to this restaurant and I'm ready to throw down. Um, we have to be accountable for all of it. So I don't know if, um, I think for some people, a lot of the grants might go towards pay, depending if you're allowed yes. to use it for general purposes. But I also know that in my experience, I can't do the outreach anymore alone, so I have to pay people. We have three employees. We have four independent contractors that get paid a month, and without them, I have no outreach. Yeah. So I understand it more now. Before, I didn't, but everything has to be accounted for. Um, I've had some experiences where people wanted tax write-off for clothing, but the clothing was dirty or the clothing was torn or the clothing was clothing that should have been thrown away, but they wanted to make it on their taxes. Yeah. Um, and that's a whole other story for a whole other show about um, some people that have a case of trepanitis. But um, as far as money-wise, I mean, my hope is that most organizations have accountability. And that's why we have bookkeepers and accountants and CFOs and things like that that have to be accountable for the money. You know, it's kind of, it's, it's, you know, you talk about the, 
like the growing pains, like you yes. know, a couple, which it, you know, ultimately in the long, in the grand scheme of things, it's a good thing because it yes. means you can't handle it by yourself. But unfortunately, with any organization, nonprofit, corporate, whatever it might be, there are growing pains when you when when it's getting so big you can't handle it yourself. Now you're like, yes. now I have a whole herd of problems if you want to call it that, uh, that go with what I'm trying to do here. So yeah. I'm glad that, that, that you've been able to, that you are adding people to help because the workload is, that means you're getting to more people. Yeah. And I'm glad that you're able to kind of use some of that to, to use some of the, 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 the help to pay those people too. Thank you. So that's pretty cool. That, that's it's great. cool. Um, it's a lot of responsibility. Oh, sure. It's, it's one thing when I was on my own with a couple of people and we were doing some good gestures and we were trying to support people with some basic needs. And it's another when we have the access to buy over 18 to 20,000 pounds of food in a month. And we have the access to serve out of a facility. And so a lot of things change from doing it out of the apartment um, and doing it where we're at now. We're at a church called Harbor and Bridge, and we finally have everything in one location. We've been at St. Paul's. We've been at CubeSmart, where we had five rooms. We've been at Denison UCC, and we've kind of floated all over, and so it's nice to have one home. Yeah. Um, but it is, it's different when you do have more responsibility. Oh, yeah, um, for sure. Our programs, our financial, um, our program is now this year about $230,000, which is different than the first few months, which were a couple hundred dollars out of my disability check. So it's like, um, but the amount of collaborating with food banks and being able to serve people over 18,000 pounds of food and donations is huge, huge. And, um, it's just well, man. I mean, when you say like, because most people don't think of it in terms of that, like no. eighteen thousand pounds of yeah food. a How month much food that is it's a, a tremendous plus the full size things that we give to families and during COVID when people you can't get hand sanitizer on food stamps, so you can't get masks on food stamps. So how do you keep safe? And yeah. we had to go into people's homes. So um, it was very difficult to be able to work around these obstacles, but I've been blessed with a really good team, and I've been blessed with a lot of people, collaborations that help us. Um, yeah, yeah, it, it was tough. Yeah, oh, oh yeah. I, yeah, I can't imagine. Everyone obviously struggled during that time, struggling in a lot of different ways and different yes. degrees, but for what you're doing specifically, because it's so hands-on, it is and personal and kind of one-on-one in your face, so to speak. Yes, that's a that's again just a different. Some people, like a lot of us, just ended up working from home, right? And it's like nothing really changed. And some of us kind of liked it because we can sit around in our sweats versus getting dressed up. Yeah, but nothing really changed for you except you now had again one other thing right. to kind of make your job a little bit harder, or at least. Another obstacle that you had to kind of consider to stay, like you said, stay safe. We had a lot of obstacles. Everyone was going in the stores and hoarding. And oh, yeah, 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 yeah. when I started the outreach after about a year, two years, I found out that people were standing in line for toilet paper and I cried. I found a family that I absolutely adore 
and they were standing in line for toilet paper. I didn't know why they were there, and I didn't know that people did that. I didn't know that people stood in line here because they literally have no money to go to the bathroom, and um, it hurt my heart. And um, that's when we started to do toilet paper, like 400 to 500 rolls a month. Um, We started going to more community meals and giving it out at the meals to the people um, because dignity, again, shouldn't be something that's contingent on your income. People should just have dignity. Um, So during COVID, when people were buying everything from the stores and we didn't know who had it, who didn't have it, and we have homebound seniors in the projects, so we had to go in their apartments. I can't tell an 80-year-old on oxygen, I'm sorry you're on oxygen, but you have to come out of your apartment because I don't want to get COVID, Yeah, you know? So we have uh, senior markets every Wednesday for buildings where there's many people, and we still had to do our markets. We just had to do them differently. Um, yeah, COVID was a trip. Yeah, for COVID, everybody. But for everyone. It's another... It's, I think it's another one of those things like, it like, is. when we talk about like a luxury or like everyone again had to make yeah. adjustments. But it would have been great to stay home. You, yeah, but of course it would. It's, yeah, it's hard great. to go to the food bank if you're at home and yeah. you're loading thousands of pounds. We go to the food bank twice a week now. So we go on Wednesday and on Friday, and that's why we get over 18,000 pounds. We're buying it. Yeah, They have free items and they have items that we buy, and we have collaborations that have donations for us and we can't do that staying home because of covid or it's for not, whatever yeah. reason we your, just your i mean your your organization literally would just stop you, you yeah, can't no it's not a work from home it's not a work from home option no it's not what the rest of us have no so for everyone that's was complaining like oh i'm working from home like yeah calm down it really wasn't all that bad no no <laughs> we're all doing laundry and watching tv while we work yeah that's the worst thing that happened to and us and the community meals kept going it's just we yeah. did it to go instead of eating in the church we made meals for people yeah. to take home which was huge because it, again with the way the food insecurity is if one out of every six people don't have enough to eat in anywhere then that's thousands and thousands and thousands of people in Cleveland that don't have enough. Yeah. So you can't stop the meals because you're worried about catching something. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Oh, and especially starting, like, you know, March uh, 2020. We didn't know any better. No. We, we were, everyone was terrified, rightfully so, because we didn't know. But everyone yeah. was scared of it, touching anything from anyone, yes. anywhere. It was just the way it was. Yeah. We had gloves and yeah. masks and... Can I ask you a couple questions about you personally? Please. Are you from the area? Um, I, yes and no. Uh, I'm from Bowling Green. Okay. But part of my high school was, um, it was a special school. And um, I've lived back and forth. I've lived in Cleveland Heights and in Euclid. And um, we moved here again in 07. Okay. Yeah. We're, uh, we're, I, I lived in Cleveland Heights for a couple of years. Oh, ago. Um, like Cleveland Heights. I lived um, not too far from Coventry one time. That's right around um, where I was. I lived by Lee Road, on Lee Road in <laughs> Cleveland exactly Heights. exactly where I was. Um, mm-hmm. And then in Euclid, by 222nd in Euclid, yeah. I was working at Rosemary Center. 
Okay. For I, uh, children with special needs. I lived uh, I lived off Lee Road on East Derbyshire, right by the high school. Okay. For about about three years. Okay. And I worked in a bar on Lee Road for about three years. Oh my god! So I do I do know the area. I know Coventry yeah. really really well. You know. Yeah, kind of all over. I've floated around trying to um, find where I was supposed to be. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. That's a norm. We're, a lot of us are still looking. You yes. Know? Yeah. I mean, we are. So congrats yeah. on finding it. <laughs> Thank you. Um, yeah. So you mentioned um, uh, you know, kind of like like personal experience and, yeah. and how that can kind of apply. Mm. And the reason I was kind of asking where you were because there is another kind of complexity mm. to, to kind of dealing with, you know, people that are kind of disenfranchised and struggling. And yes. that's something that only some of us here know about, which is the weather. Yeah. The weather adds a completely different aspect. Oh, gosh, to that. yeah. Yeah. You know, I mean, it's, it's one thing to be, no. you know, kind of living on the street, you know, you know, in Georgia where it stays relatively warm. Oh, for my the gosh. Most part, but it, yeah. I mean, we hit, obviously, no. frozen temperatures here. Yeah. So, how do you deal with that? I mean, it's. it's, um, it's in the wintertime, there's overnight programs for people that are unsheltered. And so they're able to sleep in the specific okay. overnight programs. And then what we do is we take food to the programs that then enable people when they have to leave in the morning to have food all day. So our goal is to make sure people have supplies when they have to leave. And then when they're at the overnight programs, they get hot food and they get some supplies. So um, right now we have about... Three main programs going on for people that um, are unsheltered that have been inside for the winter. Um, they start at one time at night, like 7 at night, and then they go to like 7 or 8 in the morning, and then you have to be out all day. And that's where we come in with some supplies, but that's when the other agencies come in and offering programs. Um, but for people that are in their tents, it's different. There's people that are shelter-resistant that do not want to go into programs. They're in tents in the cold weather, and that's where it's important to get, like, special clothing. It's important to have special things that are going to accommodate people so they survive the weather. And just so you know, I'm just taking follow-up notes. No, for, please. Because I have a couple of things that I want to talk to you yeah, about. Yeah, please. After we're done. Okay. Uh, just Again, networking, kind of yeah. connecting you with people. So we get we order a lot from like online, like Amazon, and so if people need special clothing, there's a lot of groups that go out that offer different types of clothing that are weather appropriate, whether it's winter or fall, um, which is wonderful. But I know some people because of the lifestyle of being outside, the clothes don't last very long. Oh, okay. Um, we've also gotten solar power showers where people can shower outside in the summertime. And then they have a privacy tent so that way they keep their dignity. And it's like a ga five-gallon bag you hang from a tree and it warms up from the sun, the water, with oh. a hose. And then you go in the tent where the hose goes into. And that way, if you can't get to a shower program, you still are able to do that. You know, that's one of those things, and, I, and it's like one of it's something that you learn when you have to learn how to do that. Yes, stuff. you know what I mean. I do. Well, I obviously do. you do. <laughs> well, no, but I mean, that's I've a... never had to worry about that. I didn't care when I was um, basically couch surfing. Yeah. Um, I didn't care about my hygiene. I didn't care about a lot of things. Um, 
but you have to be creative. Yeah. And, oh yeah. Yeah. And just as you were saying, <laughs> as you were describing it, I'm just like, oh my god, I know what he's doing. But I never would have done. I wouldn't have had the initial thought. No. To actually do that. No. I'm like, wow, that's a genius. But again, that's something that I think when you're, you know, again, kind of put in those scenarios, you probably have to think a little bit differently and and definitely think outside the box. You, know you do. I mean? like, like you said, you you're, do. You're, the the basic things that that are very much. Again, we consider them like just daily things that we're used to, but they, right. are, they are luxuries. They are, but no. you don't think about that. No, not at all. I didn't until I, I don't think you can until you're until you're it's put in front. Right, of you, you and know? then when you're in the situation, that's why it's so important to be able to um, not forget your experiences. Oh yeah, I think we get experiences, and when we pass on what we've experienced, how we've made it through it then that gives someone else the comfort of knowing this isn't permanent. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I agree. there's solutions and not to give up. Well, and that's and that's the ultimate goal. You yes. Know? It, it's you want to be able to help, but it's not just help through that day. You want to help so you can think about tomorrow and actually start thinking about tomorrow. Right. Because I know David mentioned that to me a couple of times, you know, even jokingly, because that's just kind of the way he is. Yeah. He's like, I wasn't thinking about, you know, my plans on Saturday. He's like, I got to get through Wednesday before I, Thursday no. wasn't on my mind until Not Wednesday at all. was done. It's you know? literally getting through the day, Yeah. which is why with our food pantry, why we're going to be a continued need um, because we give three to five days worth of food, and if you're unsheltered, you can't carry three to five days, so we give one day, but you're always going to need food. Um, the government cut out the extra money from the COVID. People were getting extra food stamps during COVID, and they stopped it. So now people have less money for food, which means they're going to need more pantries, and they're going to need more services. Well, plus now, I mean, for everyone... For everyone, you, everything's more expensive. Yes, it doesn't so, matter who it's for. So we're even more needed now. Yeah, and um, but the blessing is is that we, because of funding, because of donors, because of collaborations, we have the ability to say we can help you. We have an outside freezer for meat. We have a outside cooler for vegetables. We have canned goods. Um, we're able to get laundry soap, dish soap, paper towels, toilet paper, and then people are able to get their needs met. Yeah. Well, that's good. I mean, again, yeah. it's, it's, it's a, when you think about all of it as a whole, it's just, yeah, it's just, it's kind of hard to wrap your head around. It is. You know, and, and you know what? Thank God a lot of people can't wrap their head around it. That means they haven't experienced right. it. But right. if you have, again, it's, 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 there's a, a correlation or, or a, an experience level that I'm sure you probably wish you didn't have, but maybe doing this, you're glad you do have. Oh. You actually can walk someone through it or see. Yes. Them. And maybe have that conversation with someone that's struggling, thinking about day to day. Like, I've been there. You have to start thinking about tomorrow and the day after. I yeah. understand the yeah. the thought of only thinking about the day you're in because you got to get through that day. But you do. ultimately, we got to get you out of this situation. We'll get you through it and help you. Yeah. But we eventually got to get you out. Yeah. You know? And that's a hard thing. It's hard because not everyone's willing to change. Sure. Some of the reasons people are outside 
um, as far as being unsheltered, not as far as food, is because of mental illness or addiction. And you have to hit bottom in in order to want to change. And that's really easy for me to say, but if the person isn't ready, the pain tolerance, if, if people have learned to adapt to being outside and keep their habit, there's not much more that is going to scare someone into wanting to change. Yeah, when you throw an addiction into that, yes. the addiction is the only thing that's on their mind. Right, or the mental illness where yeah. their head is talking and yeah, they can't, they can't yeah. process that they can't be around people or they can't be inside to get the services, um, which then limits the opportunities of changing the situation. Yeah. The, and, and, and I mean, and we're, you're seeing that kind of, obviously we see that here, but it's, oh gosh. when you, when you really think about like the, 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 on the national level, Yes. When you think about how bad it is in other, like obviously it's bad here, but in other but places. But nothing like other areas like where California, their 10 cities have Portland. hundreds and hundreds and hundreds is different than having eight or nine. When you have eight or yeah. nine versus 500 or 100 in one area, then it's way different. Well, they're saying, I mean, uh, they're guessing, like guessing yes. right now in terms of like how, because how do you really have a, a census of that? They're, yes. they're saying it could be. As low as a hundred thousand, as high as three hundred thousand, just in California. Oh, of people living on the street. Yeah, and people that live there say it's actually probably way higher because oh, yeah. there are entire parks that are just full because there's nowhere else for them to go. There isn't. Underpasses are full. Every underpass is full. And well, you think about yes. a city like just Los Angeles County mm. has ten million people just in the county of Los Angeles. No, yeah, and they're like that's a really bad area, San Francisco. Yes, seven eight million people there, and they're like they're everywhere. Like it's a, it's there's probably I bet you it's probably closer to five hundred thousand. Would yeah. be my guess, uneducated, not living there, but from the no, reports. But the bigger the area like. and the warmer the area, the more people that are going to be there, which also means the risk of people that are food insecure is higher than yes. one out of every six, which, it, and the cost of living is more. So you're dealing so with higher more. cost of living, you're dealing with more people that don't have basic needs, and you're dealing with just, not just food insecurity, but every insecurity. So, yeah, yeah. I mean, here it's tough to figure out where to go to lay a tent that's out of sight, out of mind let alone a bigger area. Um, well, you know, and I bring up like a, like a place like California or like Oregon where, where yeah. it's, it's really, or even like, you know, other one, like Austin's actually growing. It's turning into that. And I think a lot of it is because it is warmer too, but yes, I mean, when I was there a couple of years ago, you were starting to see underpasses fill up and yes. talk to some of the locals are like, it's not super bad, but it's becoming more and more where it's, it's a growing, growing, you know, problem for, Absolutely. for, for everyone. And that's, you know, that of, of course, brings other problems because you have the mental illness addiction which then leads to crime so I, it's yeah just, it's no just, it magnifies everything I, and i worry about you know the cal like it's like i feel like it's just gotten so bad i don't know how they're going to turn that around you know and it's that's a lot of people that are displaced and how i mean you talk about like you know what you go through and just you know just take four or five people that you're dealing with you're trying to mm-hmm. now literally add Three hundred thousand. I to couldn't that, imagine. That number. I mean, how do you, how do you? That, that's so difficult to even wrap my head around. There's not enough uh, shelters. There's not yeah. enough housing. Is a huge issue. Yeah. Um, there's a lot of 
agencies that will take that will um, take people as far as trying to get them sober, but the people have to be ready. Um, if they're not ready, um, but even subsidized housing, the Section Eight list is huge. There's thousands of people that are trying to get Section Eight that are sheltered, that have a place, but they're looking for a different, or that are outside on the street, and you have to be unsheltered at least a year to become first in line on the list of thousands in Cleveland. Yeah. There's literally thousands of people trying to get Section 8. Yeah. And, so, that's, and, and not to cut down on any department or anything like no, that. No, you know, like not at a, all. When it's, when it's a kind of go- any government agency or anything involved, unfortunately, it's going to move really slow. There's a lot of red tape, and there's a lot of factors, and there's not enough housing. And factor in another new development that's not hurting you is probably understaffed in those departments. Oh, yeah. Caseworkers. Probably already were, and in the last three years, it's just gotten worse. Now they're understaffed, too. Yeah, there's a lot of understaffed um, facilities for mental health when um, some of the money got cut. Years ago, some of the money got cut, and um, Recovery Resources, that was on 28th, and Detroit ended up closing, and Bridgeway on 83rd, and Detroit ended up closing. Um, Now there's other places, but the amount of staff is very limited. Well, you know, it's... (laughs) And forgive me for asking, though. No, I, please. I, am, I am curious, and I, I, don't, I don't know you very well. We've only right. been talking about 40 minutes. But <laughs> That's okay. With everything that we've kind of talked about, you know, the, 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 the growing problems in terms of, you know, and I'm trying, I want to use your terms too, kind of like the, the, the insecurities and the, the displacement. Yeah. And then you have, you know, kind of low staffing in the departments that could help, how difficult it is to maybe get certified as like a nonprofit. Then you have weather issues, you have inflation issues, you have all these different issues that seem to be almost as if someone is purposely trying to add more obstacles to an already difficult job. How do you keep going with this? Coffee. Coffee? (laughs) (laughs) The one thing that you're Uh, Yeah, the one thing... uh, I think all these obstacles have always they've always been there. I just think the awareness is different. I think more people are understanding okay. that the hoops have always been there, but it's finding the people to walk you through the hoops. Yeah. Um the hoops have never changed. It's just being able to go through the hoops take more time. Yeah. Um the job and family services buildings aren't open now. So you have to call and wait online sometimes for an hour to get someone to get food stamps. So the protocols have changed, but the hoops haven't. I think we're just becoming more aware of it. Well, I am. You know, is oh, there, and you're just sure. used to it. You know, you're used to it. But when we're talking about that, and as you yeah. as you answer a question or tell me about something, yeah. I think of three other possible problems that you're like, oh yeah, that's a problem. Mm. But you're just. I, I think for me, I think the reason I asked you that is because, again, I'm like, wow, that's, I feel like without even trying, I've come up with seven to 15 obstacles just to help one person out, and you just keep it's going. Tough. But that's the secret. You said coffee, so there we go. Coffee. So we'll give you a coffee and, gift card for sure. Thank you. <laughs> coffee, it's uh, empathy, it's experience, it's sure. um, knowing your resources. Um, there's a street card that an agency puts out, and it has all the listing of all the shelters. So it's knowing the agencies. Where we're located in the west side off of West 44th, there's about 
15 nonprofits right in that area within miles of each other. So it's knowing who does what. Like uh, St. Herman serves meals three times a day every day of the year. And if you needed to go for a shower, you could go to the Westside Catholic Center. If you needed to go to someplace on Saturdays or Sundays, it's knowing what's open. And then it's knowing the treatment centers if people have other issues. Yeah. So it's kind of knowing the area and knowing how to direct people. But again, they have to be willing to go. Sure. Is this, do you think that the Cleveland maybe, and, and I'm kind of going back to the, the, the California, Portland, New York example. Obviously it's yeah. larger, so they're going to have more of this issue. But w- when you talk to, I think, local people, obviously they know there are homeless people in Cleveland or people oh, who yeah. struggling in Cleveland. But when they kind of see it, they're like, yeah, thank God it's not like it's in California. I mean, it's almost like it's out of sight, out of mind. Do you think Cleveland has, or, or people like you and David and, and like the, the, the Cleveland people that are helping with this, do you think that they have a good, like kind of handle on it? Not to keep it, not to keep a lid on it, but it's almost like we don't see it as much. Is it just because the numbers aren't as great as it obviously is in other places? Or like, I can see obviously that there are people on the street. You know, we see them when we're, we're driving by, like usually like uh, uh, exit ramps and things like that. But, right, right. and that's grown over the last couple of years, but yes. in comparison to what we've seen, it just seems like it's not obviously a, as big a problem. Do you, how do you think like the Cleveland, the city of Cleveland or the, 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 the people that are kind of involved in helping out with this have, have kind of kept up with this or helped in the last couple of years? Like, What, what is your overall take in the way that the city it kind of attack, attacks this problem? I think that um, there's been more money available for nonprofits to okay. help them. Um, I think if I'm not looking for it, I'll miss it, um, unless it's flat out right in front of me. You mean um, like, the, so like applying for grants or anything well, like that? I mean, I think that like agencies that are nonprofit are getting more money to help different issues. But if, depending what area I'm in, there's not going to be a lot of unsheltered in Beechwood. Yeah. Because oh, yeah, yeah. Beechwood is Beechwood, which isn't a crack on Beechwood. It's just expressing that there's different areas where unsheltered is more popular. And the west side of Cleveland, the east side of Cleveland, depending what areas, it's a lot more um, consistent. You see more people because people are outside. Um, They're not going to be outside as much, depending if they're going to get fined for being outside. Oh, that's a... That's a huge issue, too, because people that are standing by gas stations that are out sometimes get fined by the police because of loitering. And it's not that the police are choosing to ticket them. It's that people are complaining that they're there. The businesses want the businesses to run good, and the people are putting a bad reflection on the businesses, but they're just trying to get by themselves. Okay. But That's, that is I, something that I'll think a lot... Yeah, okay, I didn't mm, think about that. And yeah, you're right. That's yeah. a really good... Again, like there are... And I'm just throwing out communities. This is no, not not discouraging. No. Let's just stick with Beachwood. Yeah. Like Beachwood and say Euclid, compare those. Yeah. Maybe Beachwood has, or probably has, more stringent rules against something like that, and maybe Euclid does not. Or, well, and then going back to the California, a lot of those things have kind of been decriminalized anymore, where the reason that they can kind of set up shop in like a, a park or the underpass is because they're like, we can't. One, they definitely don't have the resources to arrest and ticket all those people because they, no. there's so many of them. No. So I think that's become, I mean, that's probably why it's something that we see more 
even on the news or on social media because they can be out in the open where other people like, again, unfortunately, that have the experience of living, you know, on the street or homeless like that, yeah. they know where they can do that versus where they can't. Right. They know people that are more tolerant. Okay. But um, I don't know. To get back to the one question about unsheltered and poverty and being able to see it, I just, um, I think the issue still remains, though, um, that there's still so many issues about housing. There's still so many issues about services that um, that Cleveland's trying to tackle, but um, there's also only so many resources that everyone can go to being nonprofit. If you have 50 people going to one foundation, not all 50 people are going to get the funding. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I, it's I'm trying to answer the question but i don't know if i have an answer well well but i mean uh, uh, I, well there may not be you an know answer as to far it. as the awareness a, and the it's an ongoing um, thing i mean the there solution isn't really a set answer to it no it's gonna I like it's think... gonna vary you and i can drive through cleveland and literally what go through 10 15 different communities and they're yes. all gonna have kind of different solutions problems and other obstacles absolutely over a 20 mile you know drive you and i can go through seven communities and they're all going to be kind of a little different in terms of yes. the way this is being handled or how big of an issue it is or are there solutions to it are there any solutions to it are there laws against it are there not laws against it are yeah. there more services available to people in that area i mean it's yeah it's well, not we're easy... at, there's a lot of solutions and there's people that are physically right there on the sidewalk yeah and so it's you can't avoid it it's physically visible um versus an area where it's not what do you see as like, and it's kind of along the same lines of what we just talked about is that this, there's really not like a set solution, but mm -hmm. like if you had, if you were able to kind of like knock out a couple things today, they're giving you the power, the money, whatever you need. What are the, what are the best ways to kind of attack this head on to eradicating? I think is not necessarily something that's going to happen, but no. like reducing it. Like what are the things that you think, can happen community wise or what you could do or what would you do? I, I, I don't really know how to ask the question. Cause I, I don't think that there again is an answer, but what, what do you think are the, the, the primary solutions to help lower this? I mean, as far as unsheltered or as far as, um, hunger or well, let's start with unsheltered. <clears throat> so unsheltered, um, there definitely has to be more housing. Yeah. Um, there has to be, more people that um, have the ability to get onto SSI or SSDI yeah. um, to be able to afford the housing. If you can't afford the housing, even if it's subsidized or Section 8, um, you're kind of in a catch-22. So there has to be more housing. There has to be more financial ability to pay your rent. Yeah. Um, a lot more um, mental health agencies um, and a lot more job training programs where people can earn a trade to then respect themselves to make the money to get into the housing. Um, so there's at least those four right there yeah. that um, would definitely help. What about so? What about the hunger? And, and, and again, I'll get more into detail when we're done recording because I don't want to say it while we're recording. Yeah, because I can't speak for anybody. 
but so I've been kind of just jotting down people that I know. Yeah. Like local whatever. And is that something that I think if if, you, if we can gather a lot of different types of businesses, people, anyone, like if, if, if we find 30 that all contribute something once a month, that's a help? Oh, my gosh. Okay. Um, the food bank has, uh, which I might have to go over this, um, different food banks um, instead of the food bank, different food banks. Um have retail programs where okay. there's stores that have leftovers that give the agencies that belong to the food bank, which then, like, um, um, Heinen's. Heinen's has leftovers that are about to expire, uh, Giant Eagle. Um, there's a lot of different stores where instead of throwing it out, if it's still usable, they give it to agencies with the food bank that then gives it to the people. So it's kind of like a leftover program. We have leftovers. We're going to give it to you. You account for the weight. You account for the amount. And then you give it to whomever. Um, there's a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot of places that do do that. And there's a lot of places that don't. Yeah. Places don't want to deal with liability. If I give you something that's about to expire and someone gets sick and you come back and say, I'm going to sue you because this person's after me then no one wants to deal with that. Um, it's the same with, like, clothing. Not that clothing is going to expire and make you sick, but it sits, if you don't sell it, it just sits there. Yeah. So the rotation of things. Um, so um, many food banks are involved with the retail programs. And, okay. and that helps for, like, the 30 places that might have leftover things um, without it going bad. Um, there's a lot of other stores, Breadsmith and Einstein Bagels are part of it, that if you're nonprofit, you can go there, get the bread, get the food, and pass it on. I know the Breadsmith. I like yes. that place a lot. Yeah. It's a, it's a really, really, and, and I, I, there's so many great places, just where we are, because I, yes. I love Lakewood. I, yeah. I love, love, love. Yeah. I mean, you talk about just Detroit, Mass, yeah. and those two roads. There's so many great places. That, tons, tons. I, I don't know if there's a, if a lot of them just maybe just don't. like. I mean, they're probably a lot like me. They're willing. They just don't know. Like, I don't know where to. Yeah. To Like, the food bank. I don't know where to go to give that. I'm sure I could Google it and find it. But I don't know, like, a way a lot of those things work. So maybe people don't know where to do yeah. these types of things. Yeah. I mean, there's got Everyone has leftover food. They do, and and there's other areas that have more of a app even where you go on the app, and if the restaurant has things that they're not going to use, they type in the app, and then someone goes and picks it up, Okay, which is part of their food bank program. Um, different areas have different food banks, um, so... That's okay. I, I Okay. That's what I'll talk to you about. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, there's more than just one food bank, depending on what area you live in. Um, just like there's more than one food pantry. Uh, Lakewood has a couple food pantries that people can go to. Um, and the West Side has other food pantries that people can go to. And depending on your situation, you might be able to go once or twice a month. Um it just depends on what you work out with the people that are doing the pantry. Um, yeah. So no. we work with um, one major food bank, but um, 
we also work with other collaborations. That's good. Well, the, you know, I, we, we talked a little bit about, and I, I do want you to kind of speak about that because, again, you know more about yeah, this, please. the food stamp kind of yes. problem or issue. So, because I, I, I think, again, I think most people that have never had to experience it, they have an idea about what it is. But just as we were talking two minutes into the conversation when you got here was, you know, you can't use food stamps for toiletries. You can't right. use them for aspirin. I think a no. lot of us, myself included, thought if it's in the grocery store, if it's at, you know, Walgreens, right? If it's mm-hmm. in there, if it's in there, you can use a food stamp, but you can't. Right. You can only use it for food. So if you bring that up to the the the, the counter, well, they just, the, the, the people, they're just, they're not allowed to. to no, they, they'll take the food that you have. You can get like Simulac for like moms. Yeah, okay. Um, the WIG program doesn't give enough. Um, but the, they cost so much yeah. that depending, I believe, on your food stamps, you are shortening yourself of food, but you have to take care of your baby. But if you go up there with paper towels and things like that, they'll just look at you politely and that. say, yeah. for your food, this is your total, and for this, this is your total. And oh, okay. They, yeah, they won't do it together and let you use your stamps. Like if you have a toothache and you want Orgel or if you have um if you want tooth toothpaste or if you want deodorant i mean none of that is covered so <clears throat> when you're <clears throat> when <clears throat> i'm sorry oh you're good um when you're on a fixed income and <clears throat> you're making below poverty already and then you have to buy all your paper goods and things like that um the stamps that you get right now are a lot less than what you got during COVID. And I think it's important that people understand that, that no one wants to be on stamps, but if you're surviving on stamps, that your path is very challenged. You're going from living a little more easier to back in survival mode because you don't have enough to eat for the month. Yeah, and that well, and that kind of goes about <clears throat> we're talking about like the 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 hygiene and hygiene yes. products like that. I mean, if you have the if you have X amount in food stamps and you can only buy, you know, bread or toothpaste, you're buying the bread. Yeah, it's I mean, but it's the same with clothes. You yeah. can't use stamps on clothes, so you can go to discount clothing stores um, and get your clothes cheaper. But if you don't have money for laundry soap, you can't wash the clothes that you're getting from the discount clothing store. Yeah. So most people have built a system where they know how to get what they need because they know what pantry and what areas are giving what. And they've accommodated themselves. They've empowered themselves, which is a huge thing. Um, So it's about appreciating what you have and appreciating luxuries even more okay the uh you know the the i am again outside of like you you and david i am familiar with some of the other kind of nonprofits, not even just including but in, in northeast ohio there's a couple mm-hmm. that are following you that i do know i actually yeah. know i know the people that started them wow um i was kind of super like when i when i clicked on your your instagram page which is that's usually where I spend most of my time social media wise. I, yeah. I just that's yeah. just most of it. Um, I noticed uh, uh, there was a couple on there that I, I did know, which is why I was like, yeah, obviously. And then when I saw Hood Squad two and six, like, all right, there's 
Obviously, this is a, a, a lick. Hey, I'm not gonna lie. Some people reach out to me. I'm like, ugh, this doesn't look legit. Yeah, but I can no. usually tell by the, the 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 people in common that I have with them. Unfortunately, through the podcast, you have there's like four or five that I had in common with you as far as like following and things like that. So like, yeah, I felt comfortable. And I'm really glad that David's that, gonna laugh about this that you're plugging him throughout the whole thing. As soon as as soon as we're He's done, gonna I'm gonna be reach like, out to him. Yeah, I'm, I'm gonna reach out as soon as we're done because I love him. I we had yeah. such a great time. David was a great example of somebody. The, it's everything we talked about. You know, he obviously his story, but he tells it in such a you know, hey man, we can laugh at, mm. at what I went through. I'm fine now. Yeah. Worry about these people. Oh yeah, like yeah. it was very much a. He turned it into just like a joke. This is what happened to me. But yeah. hey, man, it is what it is. But he's going to laugh doing. that he's in my podcast. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but it just it, it like... helped. As soon as I saw his name, I was like, all right, this is good. I'm yeah. good, Evan. So I'm, I'm, I'm glad you came. It, it's yeah. it's kind of really made me start thinking about a lot of things in terms of you know networking and kind of utilize the city's great you know i don't I, it's I, I great love... if you know people that's and what i mean that's yes. the catch so many people don't know us and right now our website is down as far as being able to donate we're in the process hopefully within the next week of fixing that because people can't donate online right now which is really frustrating okay um but a lot of it is about who you know if i don't know the people who have the extras in the stores or people that have no problem, here's $50 a month, I'm going to sponsor you, then that's great if I do know them. But if I don't, then it's going to you and other people that have the resources and saying, can you help? Saying, this is what we're about. You don't know what you don't know. Right. You know, I mean, everyone in the city knows that there are people that need help. Yes. a, A lot of them in the city want to help, but... They're like, well, I donate here, and I don't. They they right. donate where they know. They don't yes. know. They don't know the. I bet you most people don't know, you know, Hood Squad two one six. Everyone that knows them's like, yeah, they're awesome. You know, I'm sure the people that know you're like, yeah, they're doing amazing things. But not everyone knows you. There's right. a couple hundred thousand people in the city, but but they don't know that we're buying over eighteen to twenty thousand pounds of materials. They don't know that. We're serving over 1,400 people a month. Yeah, exactly. They don't know we have four, three employees, four independent contractors, and they don't know that I don't get paid. Yeah. No, well, no one knows that. So, um, but people, if they, if they don't know you, then they can't know how hard your team really works. Sure. Oh, and, yeah. I, and that's, you know, again, it's a... You don't know yeah. what you don't know. Like, you don't know the questions to ask yes. if you just don't even really know it exists. Absolutely. So, but you're so. right. I think there's there's a lot of people, I think, that, you know, we can connect with a lot of people that I think would help, would want to help, might be helping, and maybe just can can help you out specifically or help yeah. out, you know, just the, sure. your, your, your team. So I, I think that that's something that that we can definitely do. So I'm, I'm glad that we were able to, that you oh, and I were able too. to connect. So me we too. can, you know, at the very least, if, if two or three people jump in here and start helping, that's going to be... That's two or three more. That's two it's or three just more a, enough. We all have our own passion, and it's easy to want to support agencies that help wounded animals with all the commercials of the wounded animals, and it's easy. And I myself want to help wounded animals or want to help, like, the cancer centers with the children and all these other agencies. So I don't have animosity if people don't want to help us. But a concern is if they don't know us, how can they? 
it, it, that's a legitimate yes. concern. And the animal thing is just unfair. Uh, <laughs> hey, I'm, I am. I don't know why, if it's just ingrained in my mind and everyone else's. But you know, I can watch movies and TV shows and people dying left and right. But man, if I see a TV show where like an animal's harmed, yeah. I'm like, turn this off. Yeah, I can't. Well, this no, is terrible. Right. I can't watch this. <laughs> but the judgment comes in though oh, yeah. with people and why are they making the choices that they're making yeah. it's hard to have empathy if they're making poor choices the judgment comes in and this doesn't affect me so i can feel bad but that doesn't mean i'm going to do something to change it yeah um no one chooses to be hungry you know oh. no one chooses to have some of the challenges that we as a nonprofit face every day yeah it just is. Well, you're right. You you kind of have levels of, of, of apathy with, with oh, people, yeah. too. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, like you said, like th- there is mm. a natural, I think, with some people that just say, yeah, mm. but why are you homeless? What would you do to end up there? Yes. You know, it, the, I mean, the, the, the obvious counter to that is, well, what about that? Let's just say for some reason yes. that person was is homeless because of something that they did. Absolutely. It doesn't mean they want to be there now. What if they have children? That's not their fault, so mm-hmm. why can't you help that you can't? Just a, as a, yes. as a back and forth, and then you have people that care, but they're just like, eh. I which, mean, I'll which get is to it. Okay, yeah, it's which, totally okay to, to be obviously. wherever you're at, and not everyone's gonna have the same passion. Some sure, people yeah. like to watch this sports team. Some people don't. Yep. They like the other sport team. Some people like chocolate ice cream. Some people like vanilla ice cream. Some people have passion. It, it just. That's what makes yeah. us all unique. Some want to help, and but yes. then five minutes later, they forget about it. It's not that they sure. don't care; it's no. that they literally just—it's out of sight, out of mind sometimes. And then Absolutely. you have the, and then you have some of the people that we talked about a little bit as far as they want to help, and maybe they don't know where to go to help, yes, or where to give supplies, or where to donate, or things like that, or or what website to go to, or how to donate. There's yes. a lot of again different layers to that, and then you have the people that 100% want to and will, and the people you can count on. So there's layers of it, and I think that there there's. Is. A lot in those middle that I think that we can maybe uh, hopefully ideally pick a you know pick up a, a couple extra bodies for you and really get, get just get some more again you know noticing about it too. I yes. think that'd be great. That'd be huge. So what? So you're God. Oh, you said it. Two thousand. So twenty ten we started. Thir- yeah. Okay. So we became years. officially our own nonprofit in twenty fifteen. Okay. And so yeah. if you're if you're looking at. And maybe you look at it similar to the people that you're trying to help. Did you look, you know, like six months or a year down the road, or you're all like, we just got to get to the week or something like that? No, I'm already planning more okay. to expand. Great. Um, we'd like to cover more areas, and we'd like to cover more areas with things that are not being offered. Um, if there's food pantries that are in the area, that doesn't mean that the food pantries have socks and underwear and T-shirts. Um, the food pantries might have some um, hygiene, but they might not have laundry soap, dish soap, or household cleaner, depending on where they're at or what days they're even open. So I'm already thinking about utilizing more space in another church to possibly accommodate some of these needs that might not be met on Saturday. So if there's a way that once or twice a month we can utilize some more room then that's another whole other area on a day that there aren't any other services open to fill in that need because 
people need to eat on weekends too. People yeah. need laundry, so you know that's when a lot of people do their laundry or people have dishes they need to do. And so we're already trying to come up with some more um, ways to fill in more gaps. Yeah. But again, that costs money, and that's where the grants and donors and. Do you have? Like, is there a? Uh... One of the things that I, in some of the nonprofits I've talked to, and my mother works for for one as well down in Akron, where oh, we're from. Oh, God bless her. And uh, one of the things that, that they talked about was, uh, again, it's and it's kind of like not not knowing what you don't know or not knowing what to ask because you just don't know. Yeah. And going almost going back to like the 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 grants, is that something where, you know, you don't know to ask for a grant if you don't know it exists, but it does exist. Well, it's an. I guess, do you have help with that, or is that someone that kind of you have an expert that knows where to? We have a great writer that we okay. pay. Thank God for Stephen, um, and he knows more places I don't. He knows more people, but it's hard to always know all the agencies, all the foundations, all the family grants. It's difficult to. Um, Make sure that we fit in what they're looking for. There's some agencies, but they said that what we do isn't something that they necessarily support, which wrote us off the list, basically, for now, because their grants are for specific things. So that's difficult when you don't meet what they're looking for, and that doesn't enable you to the funding. Oh, okay. Again, just another... If I'm funding something for recovery and we're supportive to the recovery community, but we don't have a treatment center, we don't have an overnight program, we don't have a lot of the groups, then we don't qualify for that type of grant. But that doesn't mean we won't qualify for a different grant. Okay. But that doesn't enable us to reach out for that funding. Okay. Okay. No, that's, again, but that's another, mm. uh, just another... Another web <laughs> you have to kind of Huge you know web. kind of walk through to to Huge. do some of these things that you just want to do on a day to day basis. Oh, I'm glad there's yeah. someone there that oh yeah that can help you with that because I me too. I, I know cause yeah, like, I, I I don't write very well, so <laughs> to have <laughs> someone that knows how to speak that language. Yeah, exactly. Is huge. Yeah, legalese is a real language. Yeah. I mean, it may not be a real word, but that is something that you need to know how to word. <clears throat> there, there are Absolutely. ways. There are things, simple little things that can disqualify. Oh. You. It's crazy. Truly. Small truly. little things you're like, why does that matter? And like that's the way it's got to be. It is. Simple things. It is. So um, we celebrate our grant writer and we celebrate the agencies that support us. And um, the fact that we're, we're, we're in pretty good shape. Yeah. We just want to be able to expand our services. Yeah. Okay. The... Hmm. Um, yeah, I was. Yeah, the reason that I, I I bring that up too is because again, I, I just know people. Well, there are there are organizations in Cleveland. Um, they're not really what you. They're not what you do at all. They're more touristy type, and I don't want to yeah. name them, but uh, um, because this might come off as a slight, <laughs> but there are ones that are very large, very very new, and very large with large following. Uh organizations like Cleveland organizations that I think have the know-how and I think have the legal know-how to get a lot of state-run funded grants to pay people that are working there a lot of money for doing something kind of simple. Oh, and there's a lot yeah. of them. I'm thinking of three right now. Yeah, but you know, state-funded have a lot more stipulations. Yeah. 
and state funded isn't always easy to even get. Um, it's different than um, a foundation. Yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 yeah these are. Uh, yeah. Yeah. They're very different from what you do, but I do know that they take advantage of you know, grants to operate as a quote unquote nonprofit. And not yes. that it's not, a t- not that they're doing something illegal. It's a very different type of nonprofit. Mm. It's more city driven to kind of get people to come and promote the city, which is a good thing. But when you think in the grand scheme of things does do, there's essentially a Cleveland Instagram that shows where you can eat. Does, should they get X amount of money when there's people who literally don't have money to eat? Should money be kind of diverted to there? I assume your answer would be, yes, it should. It, I, it, yeah, it is for me. I mean, it is difficult because I I don't know the agencies that are getting it, and yeah. I don't know the um, the operation. Um, a lot of people, you know, the cost of operation is different depending on the size of your nonprofit, yeah. and the cost of expenses are different. But I can empathize of what you're saying. <laughs> Um, it's just it's it's weird to look at, you know, yes. when I when I see when I'm thinking of these ones that have hundreds of thousands of followers versus, you know, your less than a thousand. Yes. And, you know, it's it's just it's wild to 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 really think about that. And as you were talking about it, I started thinking about every time that, that something comes up in terms of like, you know, kind of getting the 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 state or federal or city involved to assist with your program, regardless of what it is, I know that that is a headache at the very least. Oh, gosh. It's usually a tornado of headaches just because of what, the, like you mentioned, the red tape you have to go through just to kind of get something simple. So, but again, when you have the resources to, not you, but when some of these places have the resources to kind of file through that red tape really quick because they know the ins and outs of it, mm-hmm. they kind of get that money a lot faster. Yes. I mean, places that are 18 months old versus 13 years for you, I mean, that's, it's... A little frustrating to kind of see. But, I mean, they're, again, they're not doing anything wrong. They just know no, how to do it. They just have the people that are yeah. professionally trained. And they are not paying out of pocket the way you are. <laughs> oh, so. I was. Now I'm not paying so much out of my own. But, well, yes. Not so much. Yes. But, you, I mean, I know yeah. this is not a... It's not, you know, it's it's very much a a passion project for you. Oh, you know? yeah. The help you're getting is going strictly to the people that you're helping. It's not lying yeah. in your pockets. No. Yeah. No. So what do you, you know, I guess what is, uh, I mean, summer's coming up. So I, obviously that's going to be a lot nicer. Yeah. You know, it doesn't have the problem that we talked about as far as like, even though our, no. actually, our winter was pretty mild for the, for, oh, for Ohio. Yeah. Uh, so do you, uh, do you do, or are you planning like, any like, like special events or anything like We're that? We're trying to come up with some fundraisers. Okay. Um, I have a gentleman who wants to do a car wash dinner. Um, okay. And he's talking about July. Okay. Um, in November, we usually do a big event at Lakewood United Methodist um, where we ask our sponsors to donate, and we have a lot of raffle baskets. It's a silent auction. Um, we're trying to think of other ways to have more events to bring in money. Um, but right now, between that and there's a gentleman that's going to be playing at a bar in Cleveland Heights. Um, I don't know all the details yet. Um, but, um, he's going to play, we're going to bust the tables and then we'll make some money for the outreach. Okay. Um, but when I know more, I'd love to share. Please do. Yo, do, do, do not hesitate mm-hmm. to send along 
links, flyers, anything for events, I will happily put it on my story so Good. people can thank you. Can see, you know, the, the the more eyes, the better. Yes. Um, I do want to. Well, first, thank you for coming in. I really, no, really appreciate thank you. It. No, don't, don't worry about it. I, I like that. This is again, you know, I kind of, I in a way, kind of pride myself on having a lot of different people on. You know, you, you obviously you're doing something different than you know a lot of people that I have had on. So I'm, I'm yeah. in, and you're doing something good for the city, the city that I live in, the city that I love. And there's a lot of people here that I think would be willing to help and want to hear your story. And fortunately, they're going to. So yeah. I do want to. Uh, talk a little bit when we're done here because uh, I did have a couple ideas you know probably it'll take a little bit of time to wrangle everyone together but at the very least I want to see if there's something that I can do because you know like a lot of people out there but fortunately not me anymore I didn't really know what you were doing or that no, you even really existed now, that, now I do know so I'm glad and then we also do like school supply we offer a lot uh, of school supplies good, even more then that's uh, good for Christmas time with the help of um a couple motorcycle clubs and riding clubs and people at Lakewood United. Um, we had 127 families and gave over a thousand toys. Oh, so great. Christmas time is a very big deal for us. Um, well, you know, and that's not, yeah. I think that's another thing. I think I have to go more in detail with your, uh, with your website, as far as the quote unquote services that you offer or services yeah. that you want to help with. Cause I think that'll help me in terms of trying to wrangle other people together, um, whether it be families, whether it be biz I think businesses probably more than anything. Um, and, uh, maybe even some of the, well, I don't want to speak for them right now. I'll talk to you about <laughs> it after, but, um, okay. I do appreciate you coming in. Uh, no, this really was, so this much. was eye opening and, and helpful. And I, I'm, I truly appreciate Probably not more than the people that you're helping, but I appreciate what you're doing, and I'm sure Thank a you. lot of people out there do. So, uh, everyone, please go to Trials for Help. I'll I'll tag everything in this so everyone can find your your page. Thank you. Um, and I'll put your website and all that kind of stuff out there too, and uh, so we can hopefully get uh, get some more eyes to it. Um, I think there's a lot of people willing to help. They just got to know where to go to help. Yes. So that's it. John, thanks for coming in. Thank you for See, having me. See, you have to be nervous. This was easy. <laughs> <laughs> I'm asking you questions about something you know very much about. So yeah. it went really well, and you did really well. Thank you. So appreciate it. Thanks. Thanks, everyone.